Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What is up, family? Welcome to Speak. It has been a long, long, long week off. We are so glad to be back. You could be watching any show. You're hanging with us. We don't take it for granted. (laughs) (laughs) You have to speak for yourself. (laughs) That is the old rendition of the show. This is Just Speak. Far in James Jones. How you living, big dog? What's going down? What's good, family? You ain't happy to be back, man? (laughs) (laughs) Joy Taylor, how are we? How are we? How are we? I'm great. Had a great week off. I I I am happy to be back. Eagles all-time leading rusher, LaShawn Shady McCoy. Exactly right. I learned my lesson, 2-5. Uh, How you living, man? I'm living good. You're living good. But am I happy to be back? <laughs> you look good, Shady. You look good. Warm up. Well, let's talk about Russell Wilson, because he would be glad to be back with the Denver Broncos. We get to first and ten. So much drama was brewing all season long, but finally, America. Finally, Russell Wilson has spoken for himself. Remember, he was benched the final two games of the regular season for reasons outside of the football field. Well, the quarterback has finally spoke. Take a listen to what he had to say. For me, it's about winning. Over the next five years, I want to win too. I want to feel the chill of that trophy again. You know, I, I love the city and everything else, but you know, you also want to be a place that, that wants you too. So the thing that I, I, I want to do is, is, is win, man. That's all, that's all I care about. Russell Wilson, in the next five years, Shady, he wants to win, too. We remember Russell Wilson won a Super Bowl his second year in the league, 2013 with the Seahawks. Went back to the Super Bowl in 2014, but he hasn't been back since. A tumultuous time and tenure with the Denver Broncos. It's not over, not yet at least. But, Shady, do you still believe in Russell Wilson? Yeah, I, I like Russ. I still think Russ can do it. I had a chance to see him at the Super Bowl. We were talking a little bit about the season and how everything unfolded. And, uh, and actually, this, this morning, Brandon Marshall, he's the one that had the, the yep. interview. And I was talking to him and said, yo, you think he really got it? You think he believed what he was saying? He said, Shady, he's bald and he really wants to do it. He wants to prove the doubter is wrong. Yeah. Right? It's one thing to everybody love you. Right? Hey, everybody loving you. Everything you're doing. Seahawks, they love you. Can't yeah. Russ, let him cook this, then the third. You got the superstar wife. Everything's going good. You, you move on for Seattle, and it didn't look bad, and everybody's against you. Yeah. So you, you want to prove yourself right again. And I think that he's still a good player. He's 35 years old, right? You look at the last nine games he won, I think, six of the last nine games while he was still playing. Mm-hmm. The defense played pretty well. And then you've seen the, the small little plays that he used to do. Yeah. Keeping the plays alive, right? Throwing on his back foot, making an um, amazing pass for touchdown. We've seen him beat um, um, the Bills on a roll. We've seen him win different games. So... I think in the second year with Sean Payton, because let's talk about this for a second, because people are not talking about it. It's all about Russ. Sean Payton wasn't great this year. No, he wasn't. Let's keep it real. He wasn't great this year. Yeah. And we all think he's a great coach. I think he's a, one of the best coaches we've seen in football, especially as an offensive mind. 
You give him the second year, right, getting back. But let's take that off the table because yeah. Peyton does not want Russ from everything we have read well, between the lines. Well, so we can't assume that Russ is going to be back there because Sean Peyton asked Russ, or the team did, to defer his injury guarantee to another year so that if he gets hurt, right. they don't have have to pay him. Well, so coaches, we can't assume yeah, that. But, I mean, a lot of coaches do that. You play this game, you know. All right, they'll keep you. It's all about that money now. It's yep. all about that paper. All I'm saying is this. Having Russ and having Sean Payton in their second year, right, new offense for both parties, and they get, get it going again. I think Russ still has enough talent if he has a good defense. I do honestly think, I hate to say this, Russ, I don't think Russ is, can just do it by himself. Of course. Them days are over with. Yes, sir. Right? I think the best Russ is when he had the Seahawks, that defense. Yep. He had that running game. That's when they were rolling the winning championships and going back to the Super Bowl. If he can get that same thing in Denver, the same way that defense played after they got 70 points on them mm-hmm. and they start playing together and playing good defense and letting Russ, I don't want to say cook, but microwave it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Brian, Brian ain't cooking no more. He's microwaving. But you still can win games. Yes, sir. Microwaving. Yes, and sir. that's okay. So, yes, I think Russ deserves another shot. I mean, still get fed. Mm. Yeah. You still eating, right? Yeah, you still eating. Yeah. Sometimes it tastes good. Might not taste like it's you know, as good. Yeah. But it still can be good. You're you going to live. Season it up. Yeah. <laughs> Look, real quick, George, from, listen, my mom and dad worked, right? And you know how them ghetto, ghetto parents, yeah. right? you got to cook something. Yep. From 10 years old uh-huh. to 17, I was cooking that microwave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ramen noodle? And I got the stove What's when you? I got to college. Mm-hmm. There you go. You know, little, little egg, you ever had no eggs yeah. in the microwave? Yeah. You, ever, you ever had of some noodles and noodles? Ooh, yeah. Come on. So, yeah. And you, you know, you were yeah. all decade. Yeah. Tell him. He, he, he forgets yeah. it. You know what I mean? To do it in your intro. I still believe in Russ, uh, and for, for a multitude of reasons, but mostly because I've seen him do it before. And even though he might not be in the peak of his prime, right. he's still physically able to do what he needs to do. I think he knows the game very well. Yes, he does. And I think he now has the experience of the, the, the struggle, right? You, you might not want new problems. Everybody, everybody wants new problems until you get new problems. And you're like, you know what? Them old problems wasn't so bad. He asked for a new situation, and it didn't go according to plan. And sometimes that happens. A greener and, field. And, and more and more in sports, when superstars get more power, we're seeing a lot of this. Sometimes the demons you know are better than the demons you don't. And he had a rough, a rough time in Deborah. I think it's probably coming to an end. But that doesn't mm-hmm. mean that his career necessarily is coming to an end. And I do think that a lot of what Shady said is true. If he goes to a place that is led mostly by defense, a situation where we saw him have previous success with some talented pieces around him, I think he's not only still physically capable of it, I think mentally he's capable of it. And I don't think that he's lost the, the, the ability to go out and be a leader. The situation in Denver was bad. The first year was bad. It was bad on Russ. It was bad on Hackett. It was bad. It was bad, bad. Bad, 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 bad. And this year wasn't that great either, which is why I think that it will end up being a parting of ways. But I still believe that he's capable of doing great things in this league. Do I think he can go out and win two Super Bowls? As he said, two, or he wants to get the second? Two in five years. Okay, I I don't know if I'm ready to go there, but I aim high. You know what I mean? Aim high. If he get one, we still love it, though. We love it. I love it. Aim high. There's no reason reason to sell yourself short. I don't know if I'm going that far, but I think he's still going to have a lot of success in the league. I guess the question for me is what is it? Shady said, I think Russ can still do it. There it is. What's it? There it is. That's really my question, right, is what is it? I still believe in Russell Wilson, but I believe in Russell Wilson to be who Russell Wilson was. But who was Russell Wilson? A quarterback who could win a Super Bowl with a generational defense. Mm -hmm. Not a good defense, 
Not a great defense. Not an elite defense. A generational defense. Can Russ still win a Super Bowl with a generational defense? Yes. But are there still generational defenses out there? I haven't seen one lately. 2015 Denver Broncos. 2013 Seahawks. 2014 Seahawks. Outside of that, I wouldn't call another defense generational. Ravens defense this year was good. Niners defense was really good. Pretty good. But I don't generational? Like Seahawks who outscored the Denver Broncos without playing offense in the Super Bowl? Kick return for a touchdown, fumble return for a touchdown. No, that's generational. Yeah, yeah. Denver Broncos 2015 Super Bowl team, generational. Held Cam Newton, who we will talk about later, held Cam Newton to looking like a remedial player, not an NFL MVP. So I still believe in Russell Wilson to be that. But that is a quarterback who won a Super Bowl with a generational defense. I haven't seen very many generational defenses just walking around the NFL, James Jones. So I believe in Russ, but I don't think Russ can go out there and save a franchise. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I'm with you. The Legion of Boom ain't coming back. And when we talk about success for Russell Wilson, winning-wise, is when he had the Legion of Boom. When he came to the Denver Broncos, all we talked about was, they a quarterback away. This defense, right. there's no team out there right now that he's walking into the same situation he was walking into in Denver with a big-time defense, two really good wide receivers. There's, there's no team like that. So for me, I don't believe in Russ because it's not about just – Playing average, he talked about winning two Super Bowls. I don't believe in Russ to win two Super Bowls because the teams that need the quarterbacks, where are you going to do it at? Commanders? Stillers. Stillers. Nope. Stillers. Possibly. Nope. Stillers. Yeah. Possibly. That, that Let's, is that. Stillers. Let's talk about that yeah, yeah, for a second. Possibly. I know Joy Shady, I know y'all are both hot on that. I have that in my notes yeah. as well. I say, should teams want Russell Wilson? I said the Steelers. So team. Yeah, yeah. yeah, a team, the Steelers. <laughs> my, only, my only dilemma with the Steelers, and I can't wait for y'all to unleash on this, is Russell Wilson and Mike Tomlin, two completely different personalities. Two completely different personalities. Oh, I, I winning is the same so, personality, though. Winning is. <laughs> winning is. But Russ, and we know Russ. You saw Russ Super Bowl. I saw, I talked to Russ at the Super Bowl for a little bit. Russ is a calm, mild-mannered, always optimistic, never upset, never fiery, never. No, Russ is just a really nice guy. Okay. Just a really nice yeah. guy. I don't know of Steelers star players that have the same personality as Russ. From the Le'Veon Bells to the George Pickens to the Antonio Browns, I can't think of Steelers players that Mike Tomlin has kept around offensively and defensively for that matter that have that same just kind of like everything's all good. It's all good all the time. Life is good. Life is great. And you're asking your quarterback to be that? I, I don't see Tomlin and Russ gelling. That's my opinion and my take on it. I mean, would you describe Pete Carroll as that kind of personality? I would say that Pete, and I only know Pete because he recruited me back at SC, Pete is much, much, much more just jolly. He would walk around with a golf cart and a, and a, and a and golf clubs. Yeah, he's chill, he's but he's chill. also yelling and screaming and running up and down and doing the coach yeah. thing. Like, he's a very expressive personality. Yes. He's not someone that I would immediately describe as chill. He can be chill, but he also has a massive personality and worked in huge markets and dealt with big personalities as well. I, I disagree. I think Mike Tomlin is is a – I don't know if there's a perfect match for Russ, but he's – the personality thing does not throw me off at all. Not only is Mike Tomlin the, the standard, him and Andy Reid, to me, of establishing and maintaining a culture in the NFL, the standard outside of Andy Reid, he's somebody that works with all different kinds of personalities. You mentioned some, some big 
somewhat disruptive personalities mm -hmm. at times, to right? Be, to be nice. There's also all kinds of guys, all kinds of different personalities in, in that team. And the reason that you don't <clears> mention them is because they're not out there doing all, all the things that those guys that you mentioned are doing. They're not going on live. They're not doing all those things. There's all kinds of different personalities in the locker room. I, I think that this, the Pittsburgh Steelers is a perfect place yeah. for Russell I, Wilson. I, I do not look point. at that as a place that is dysfunctional. I don't look at it as a place that he has to walk into and be the voice either because of Mike Tomlin. He can come in and do his job. Yeah, I just think that if you think, see the things that Mike Tomlin has been doing with that type of team with no quarterback, mm -hmm. yeah, that's amazing. And, and the stuff that Russ did with the Broncos, that's good enough to win for the Steelers, right? I've watched games with Steelers game, no offense, right? Defense playing great all game, and Defense then won them you might have one or two plays on offense and they win the game. So I love Russ to go to the Steelers. And then you talk about personalities with the quarterbacks, man. Out of all the positions in football, I don't even count the kickers and all them dudes. The quarterbacks, they're, they're the most, like, different player on the team. Right. But I'm, here's my like, thought. They be, they just be, I don't know that your quarterback's supposed to be a leader. Yeah. Your soldier. Your dude. We think of these they quarterbacks lead in, as nice guys. They lead in different ways, No though. doubt about it. Okay. No doubt about it. We've played for several different. You've played for several different. I've played for several different. For sure. I just don't know the Mike Tomlin I'm familiar with. Okay. We all have our different yeah. relationships with Mike Tomlin. Okay. I don't know if you would say, yeah, I want Russ to be my fearless leader. I mean, so but, not but, the but, Russ but, that was but, doing high knees on the airplane. My question is like, like Big Ben, okay, yeah, Big Ben. That's what I was going to say. Big, a lot of people, I, between Big Ben. A lot of folks didn't like Big Ben. To me, to me, Big Ben, I don't know the word I can say on air. Man. Big Ben wasn't a nice guy. Big okay, Ben was Big a... Big Ben was also was he a really good teammate? No. So, so, so but, that's my, right. but that's my point. I think Mike Tomlin likes guys with some edge. Edge that you can reel in, but edge nonetheless. Think of all of the great Steelers, offensively and defensively. Outside of, I would say, maybe Cam Hayward. Yeah. But like... Edge, 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 edge. A little bit like, I don't Wait, know. When, we, when we think of quarterbacks, we don't think of edge. Yeah. There's like there's like three quarterbacks ever that I can think of that I'm like, yeah, he, he got that dog in him for yeah. real. Yeah. Like, but, think about the ones, ever. but think about the good ones now. You would say Josh Allen mm -hmm. got that edge. Yeah. You would say Patrick Mahomes yeah. got that edge. We would say Joe Burrow yeah. got that edge. I'm just thinking but the, like. I'm talking of those, the guys that we're mentioning even – it's really a competitive edge. I don't think that Russell Wilson doesn't have a competitive edge. I understand right. what you're saying about his personality, but I don't think of Russ as somebody who's soft, nope, somebody who no, can't no, stand, no, in, stand no, in front no. of a room and command the attention of the room. And the, the, the biggest, well, I don't know who said it, it was whatever we was talking, winning is the matching That's personality. It. That's, it. That's all that matters. Yeah, for, and for Russell Wilson and, and Mike Tomlin, Mike Tomlin should be tired of walking off the field, first-round exit in the playoffs. Mike Tomlin should be tired of walking off fields like, Dane, if we make one play on offense, we win the football game. If you're talking about Russell Wilson, the only team for him to go to that needs a quarterback is the Pittsburgh Steelers to have an opportunity to win a championship. You're not going to the Commanders doing nothing. You're not going to the Falcons winning mm -hmm. two championships. Agreed. So, for me, this is the only place you have a really good defense. Really you good have defense. really good playmakers on the offensive Coaching. side of the ball. No two good running backs. Three good receivers. Really good coach. Like, this is the place that makes the most sense. And for Mike Tomlin, they was t we, we had conversations about them letting you go. And you had winning seasons, but you mm -hmm. weren't getting it done in the playoffs. Russell Wilson, to me, is the only guy that could really help the Pittsburgh Steelers get over that hump. What does that mean? Does that mean Super Bowls? I don't know. But I don't think it means a first-round X with the way Coach Tomlin And another thing is, like, I think it's a, 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 um, a situation that it's a win for the Steelers and for Russ. When you look at Russ coming from the Seahawks, he had the big name, right? They gave him a big contract for the, for the Broncos for a reason. Come save our franchise. Steelers ain't asking him to do that. 
Of course. Come be part of this franchise, right? Because we got the defense. We got the special teams. Yep. We're going to run the ball because we got our own identity. The Steelers don't change. We'll play great defense. We're, we're, we're well coached. We're going to play run, run the ball, and we're going to let our quarterback make plays here and there. That's what Russ is. On Big, big Ben, right? Yep. He made plays with his arm, but sometimes he made plays with his feet. They're going to run the ball, yep. and they're going to play great defense. If you put Russ with the Steelers, you don't, you don't need him to be the Russ to save the day. Right? Agreed. On paper, I agree wholeheartedly with every one of you. On paper. I have the exact same thing in my notes. On paper, I agree with all of you. But Russ gets criticized just as much on the field Mm -hmm. as he does off the field. We are all well aware. We all know this. We know Russ's personality does not gel with everybody. Mm -hmm. It didn't gel with everybody in Seattle. Really, not much of anybody publicly in Seattle. And in Denver, you had defensive linemen yelling at Russell Wilson, backup Denver defensive linemen. We know that Russ's personality doesn't gel with all the media people. Now, he just did an interview for the first time I've seen in a long time. Doesn't gel with all the media people. Now you're going to Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. where you have a bunch of personalities that are always tough, uh, rugged, edgy, all of them. And most recently, now you got George Pickens. George Pickens was called out because he didn't even feel like blocking. Throwing his helmet down on the football field. I'm not talking about on the field. I'm not talking about that aspect. I agree with all of you all on that. But now speak for a moment on what we know about the personality tension that Russ has had with his players and what we all know about the Steelers Historically, yeah. that's what I'm speaking. I, I, I hear you for a second, but like, let's go to their probably their best quarterback of all time for the Steelers, Big Ben. You hear a lot of stuff. A lot of people don't like Big Ben. Not yeah. playing with him. Yeah. Some people they 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 deal with it because he was so good. But he had the same thing, and he rubs people the wrong way. I, listen, before I went to the league, I played at Pittsburgh University, right? Mm-hmm. And <laughs> we, I would be there. I was being honest. Yeah. And a lot of players that I've met up there on offense, I won't say the name, but they didn't like Big Ben like that. I liked the big man. I didn't own him. Right? And as more got in the league, I liked him. You know, he was cool. But a lot of players, the starpers, they, they didn't really like him. They didn't gel together. See, one thing about football, you got to respect each other. I might not like you, though, dog. You might not like me, but we respect each other. We want to win a, a common goal, and that's a Super Bowl. And a lot of teams do, have done that. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. You would say Aaron Rodgers is one of the greatest, and you would say Tom Brady is one of the greatest. Mm-hmm. You hear all these people bragging, praise Tom Brady. He's just that teammate. Da-da-da-da. Stay there. Stay there. How many times do you hear? I'm being serious. How many times do you hear? Green Bay Packer offensive players. Oh, no, no. Green Bay Packers in general. This praise Aaron Rodgers. He's such a great teammate. Mm-hmm. I'm being serious now, though, right? So that tells you that, yo, we still can win and get something accomplished, even if I don't like the way you are. But that's, uh, another thing, too, though, one thing I learned about playing the game is you adapt to your situation. That is true. Right? So it's certain. Because huh? Russ does not adapt. You're going to have to. But he doesn't. Hey, people might, I'm people, telling you. People, people, might, people might adapt to him. No, no, people might adapt that's to that's him. That, I'm glad you brought yeah. that up. Russell Wilson does not adapt, which is a part of the problem. But why doesn't he? You don't, you don't, you don't, think, you don't think this year he adapted in Denver? No, I think that's part of the tension. I think, that to me, we know... we know because well, Sean Payton came out early saying all that stuff. But when you really look at Russ did, Russ didn't come out complaining. Russ didn't come out doing nothing. He didn't blame nobody. did was put his head down and work. Teammates yelling at him. You never seen Rush yelling back at him or doing none of that. All, all, he, all he did was work. So when you know you're going into a different situation, to me, I've seen a lot of players come in certain situations and adapt to the situations. We know it's certain football teams that are not physical. They soft. They finessed. Even coaches. We know certain teams, like, you come over here, this is the certain way that we do it. Right? I'm sure we've been, been to teams like that as well, too. So I don't see a reason why Russell Wilson can't adapt being a quarterback in any situations, to be honest with you. Also, I, I hear you on the the Pittsburgh personalities, but man, uh, I, I don't know that the hard nose 
steel curtain, like, sounds good, but where's the postseason success with it? Mike Tomlin is an all-time great coach, a Hall of Famer. He's never had a losing season in his entire career with everything that's happened. That is an astonishing feat. If he has someone who's capable of, I don't know, having a 6-1 and one record through weeks 7 through 14 just last year with a team that we now know probably doesn't even want him there, yeah. if he can have that matched with the incredible defense that they've had this year, which they will always have because that is the identity of the Steelers. So maybe it's not generational. They always draft position players well. They always are intent on running the ball. They're, they have a great culture. I don't think of them as a place that you have to come in and be grind and grind, have edge that – especially for the quarterback position. I hear everything you're saying about Russ's personality, and it's fair because that is the feedback that we've gotten from multiple places now. But at this point in your career, if you want to have success, going to a place that has an established culture that you don't have to create the identity there and they already have a defense, to me, is the best-case scenario. And if you're the Steelers, so what about Russ's personality? Get over it. You, you, like, you like getting to the first round of the playoffs and losing, or you want to have somebody who has a different type of personality come in and bring a different skill set? To me, this is, the, this is the, the perfect match for both of them and the one that makes the most sense. And personalities aside, I mean, you're professionals. You get paid a lot of money to get over that. And, and not only that, you better do something. Because you're talking about a healthy Joe Burrow, a Lamar Jackson, and a healthy Deshaun Watson, and you saying Mason Rudolph and Kenny Pickett is finna get that done? Right? It's, I mean, it's they, interesting. They are, are going to have a winning season. <laughs> <laughs> did, did, did you like uh, McNabb? I like this game. You like McNabb's game? I like this game. He did, did good, right? Yeah. I played with McNabb. I was a rookie when I got 20 years old. And I was a big fan of McNabb. I'm from Harrisburg. Philadelphia Eagles, you know, Steelers. We, I like both. When I got there, I think like everybody loved McNabb. It's McNabb, right? Chunky soup. Donovan, right? <laughs> everybody didn't like McNabb. I guess everybody couldn't gel McNabb. Here's my only thing, and I'll say it bluntly, and obviously we got to go to break it. Russ is a nice guy. We would all notorious, we would all collectively agree he's a nice guy. I don't know how many Steelers players I look at and go, oh, they're nice guys. No, no, they're dogs. Now, Russ and being a nice guy has won him a Super Bowl. I remember Juju was a nice guy. Yeah. He didn't last very long in Pittsburgh. Yeah. But I look at Russ as a nice guy, so I love Russ. Off the field, I love Russ way more than I love him on the field. I like Russell Wilson is an incredible human being. He's a nice guy. When I look at Pittsburgh Steelers players, I don't collectively say, oh, you know what? He was a nice guy. A really quick, though. It wasn't a lot of nice guys on Seattle, but they was winning, and it mm. wasn't none of this stuff we're hearing about Russ now. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm yeah, saying? So yeah. get there and win, and nice guy, bad guy. <laughs> you know what? But like, it don't but like it's, the, it's the quarterback. That's the only position that, yeah. like, it don't matter if he's nice or cool or mean, or he's a quarterback. This wins. Win. Just win. Well, when we return, Cam Newton, nah, not a lot of nice stuff going on there. He got into a scuffle at a youth seven on seven tournament. It has been the talk of the sports world, and we will weigh in. Where is the respect for Cam Newton? It's ridiculous. Can't wait to chime in on that. Don't forget, check us out every day. Fox Sports Channel, Sirius XM. And it's has still stayed on. Yeah. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
We are in second and short, family. Now, Cam Newton, he got into a little bit of a scuffle. He got jumped at a little seven-on-seven tournament in Atlanta. Cam, he didn't throw any punches in the video. Now, the former NFL MVP's team won the championship at the event, but that's not the story. The story is 6'5", 250-pound Cam Newton trying to throw other people off of him, and he gets jumped, bringing it on camera. Cam Newton has been the center of attention for several reasons, but this one very interesting and unfortunate. Joy, what's your reaction? Yeah, you didn't have to throw any punches because he's 6'5", 255 professional athlete that did it for a living for how many years? <laughs> yeah, y'all, um, you know, conveyor belt, stamp, repeat men are not built the same, so stop doing that. I hope this was a lesson to you that you're not built like that. I try to say this all the time. Everybody thinks they're froggy, <laughs> and they can handle it <laughs> until they get tossed around like little mm -hmm. kids. Mm -hmm. They're like four or five of you. Cam is not built like that. He's built different. God spent a little bit more time on him. Y'all are the conveyor belt guys. Don't do that. So I hope that lesson was learned loud and clear. I cannot stand this. This is such a terrible look. It's so disappointing. You are at a camp for kids. What are we talking about right now? These are children yeah. trying to learn the game of football and you're jumping Cam Newton. Yeah, this is sad. Uh, MVP. This is sad. The MVP of the league. He played in a Super Bowl. Won a Heisman Trophy. Heisman. Does not have to be spending his time trying to, to influence the, the youth of America, the game of football, and this is what you're doing. I, it's so embarrassing. I, I have so many more words that I'm not allowed to use on this television because I will get fired, but this is some, this is some really interesting behavior for <laughs> adult men to be participating in. I, I, I don't want to get fired today, so I'm going to pass the ball. <laughs> yeah, this, this, this is sad, and... I have two boys in youth football. We in seven seasons right now. So we in seven on seven tournaments every week. And I see this every week. And I have gotten to a couple heated conversations with, with other coaches, our parents, because these mm. parents are living through these kids. These coaches are living through these kids, right? They didn't make it to the National Football League. They see their kids got some talent or they're competing against Cam Newton and they got a really good football team. So they start talking junk and you get in these heated conversations. I have told plenty of people meet me at the gas station. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. Like, I don't do it in front of the kids, but if you really feel like that after this tournament, you know what I mean, and you think certain people a certain type of way, you, you can meet me over here. But it's sad because this is the reason why we get a lot of NFL athletes partnering with people to do camps and coming for two to three minutes. Mm -hmm. And then everybody is mad that these people are not here on the field putting in time with these kids because... This is how we're treating them. This is how we're rewarding them for giving us time back, for bringing awareness to a seven-on-seven -seven camp. It's a lot of college coaches and people that come out to these seven-on-seven -seven camps knowing that it's going to be NFL players' teams out here and it's going to be a lot of talent. And this is how you guys reward Cam Newton for giving back to his community. It's sad. I see it day in and day out. Parents living through their kids, thinking their kids are going to the National Football League tomorrow, and they are not and not trusting the process, not trusting the coaches with their kids, and you end up in situations like this. It's disgusting to watch. It's disgusting to see that Cam Newton had to even deal with this. You know what I mean? At a camp that he's trying to be out there to support these kids. But like I say, I'm not surprised. I see it almost every weekend at these 707 tournaments, and it's just disgusting, man. It's terrible, and it's embarrassing. Just think about this. If, let's say Cam Newton doesn't even come back no more, mm -hmm. right? Who loses out? Kids. The kids lose out. They lose out. If I can go back to when I was 
15, 14. What are these ages? 10? What are these? They're starting these kids. Young, like that, and, yeah. and I get to play in front of Aaron Rodgers or, or, or Tom Brady or, or Dan Marino. Like, it's a motivation, right? That's what it's for. A lot of these kids, they want to potentially go to the NFL one day. And you have an MVP there probably helping you out, showing you this, showing you that, touching you, saying he's real. Mm-hmm. You can become me. You can be me. You can be better than me. And now y'all attacking this dude? He had to protect himself. Yeah. This is terrible. Yeah. I mean, and I, and I think about, like, the, 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 the parents, but it's really the kids that lose out. He might have never even come back. Every you know what? I'm done with this. He is rich. Yeah. He, has, he has a good podcast. <laughs> he don't have to help no kids out. He'll do whatever he want to do. But he's trying to get back to this community, and y'all want to fight him? And then the sad part is when you really watch it, Cam is about 6'5", 255 pounds. See him at the yep. Super Bowl? I was like, man, I yeah. forgot how big he was. We was talking, we was joking. And I'm just thinking about if he really wanted to dog them, them, them kids or whoever it was, them players okay. attacking him, he could have hurt them people. Yep. And he had a lawsuit. I've been here before. Yeah. And my thing is, like, he's really grabbing them and he's moving around yeah. and trying to protect himself. That's why every day I go to the gym and I box. No, no doubt. It's because it's going to be somebody one day. You leave, I'm walking He's going to see me. He's going to see them bling in the air. He's going to see some, hey, Let me, just, let me yeah. just. He said something about my, my favorite player. Let me try him. And when you do try me one time, I might not be like Ken. <laughs> every day I'm about to this in case. Y'all want to try me, though. And we laughing, but I'm serious. This is sad. This is terrible, bro. It's terrible, man. Don't do it. Do not. If you try this, no. If you... Hey, what combo you just hit him with? Yar. What combo you just... The one. Yar. He said they going to catch one of them. Yar, man. Yar, man. And I'm bobbing with it, though. Y'all are hilarious. Here's what I think. I blame social media. I blame social media. Yeah, absolutely. Social media? Social media has made players and it made individuals too accessible social media has allowed everyone to think that they are on the same level as others who you used to have to earn the right to be on somebody's level Mm. to enter into a room with cam newton you used to have to qualify for that to enter into a room with some of the biggest and greatest geniuses the most wealthy individuals in our world the biggest entertainers the biggest stars you used to have to qualify for that but now because platforms exist where two individuals who aren't at all on the same playing field can have a conversation, then when you meet that individual in person, you think you're equal. You're not. And so these individuals go back and forth with Cam on social. Then they see Cam in person and they think they're the same. You're not. You're a mere mortal. Cam Newton was Superman, quite literally on the football field. So the dilemma I have is that social media has made everyone so accessible and made too many people relatable. That's why I try not to go back and forth with people. Like, you have to earn the right to talk to people. You can't just walk up to nobody and start having conversations. Like, you realize we're talking about Cam Newton. Yeah. NFL MVP, Heisman winner, one of the greatest football players in the history of the game of football, regardless at what level. Junior college won an Addy, uh, D1 won an Addy, NFL went to a Super Bowl, won an NFL MVP. One of the greatest players in the history of the game, and you just think you can talk to Cam because there are different applications and devices that allow you to. No, they don't think they can talk to Cam. They think they can beat Cam up. It's crazy. (laughs) They think they can beat Cam up. But do you remember the video? It was three years ago. Cam was at a camp, and the little kid was like, you trash, bro. You ain't even Sign. Yeah. You ain't got a contract. You since this video right yeah. here is back uh 20, 2021. 2021. You trash, bruh. Cam's like, wait, let me talk to your daddy. Yeah. Right. And the kid is like, you trash, and I'm sitting here, I'm sitting here, Joy, I'm pulling my hair out, Shady, I'm pulling my hair out. Cause I remember when I was a kid, some random special teams player for the Rams came in and talked to my classroom. Mm-hmm. I know who he was. Yeah. Last name was Cody, number 38 for the Rams, the maybe league. two thousand two. I knew he was in the league. Yeah. Oh my God. We got somebody in the NFL league player, who yeah. was willing to come talk to me. And now this day and age, you got little boys 
saying that Cam Newton is trash because he was unsigned. I said, this is mad. And that is crazy, but that's a kid. Yeah. These are grown Zero men. Zero respect, too, though. Who, 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 from what I read, actually knew Cam. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's, that's, even, oh. that's even crazier. Like, that's the, 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 the fact that grown men are doing this, a, a disrespectful kid, okay, you're, you're a kid. Like, you shouldn't be talking to adults like that, but oh, this no. clearly somebody needs to intervene in your life. We've all been a little wild when we were children right. before. What's, what's crazy about this is that this is, these are adults taking away from a, ch- a children's experience of one of the greatest players of all time coming down and spending their time yeah. with kids to teach them football, and now they, he's involved in having to throw you little people around. Question. Because you, you, the three of you think that you're going three or four, you however many. But, like, it's shady, be serious, though. Like, this is, this is not – this is what bothers me about this, because we used to have these conversations all the time about Russell Westbrook, people talking crazy to Russell Westbrook, mm-hmm. walking on the court with Russell Westbrook, yeah. and constantly people would tell me, like, like Russ, Russ isn't tough. Like, Russ can't fight. Russ could rip your head <laughs> off of your body with his bare hands. These are extremely strong men. Cam Newton drags 400-pound men across the field. What do you think you're going to do to him? But outside of the fact that you're completely delusional and need to go touch grass, get stop tweeting so much and go outside and rub your hands in some grass, the fact that you are being so disrespectful to, to assault him at a camp where you are supposed to be there helping kids also is what is so disappointing and frustrating about it because this image is horrific. And this is for kids, and you're supposed to be teaching them the sport. How am I, as a kid, I'm 15 years old, I'm supposed to listen to what these men are talking about now? For what? What you you probably came came to this camp because of Cam Newton. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and that's the disappointing thing about it all because it's a handful of NFL guys that got some teams out there that is really getting their hands dirty, right? Cam Newton is one of those dudes. I have seen Cam Newton out here at these 707 camps in the middle of the huddle, calling plays, helping these young people develop. And now you out here attacking Cam Newton, and then you got other dudes that did not play the game or whatnot that's starting this stuff or causing this stuff to happen, and they're not even teaching the kids the right way to play the game. And you got a dude that has played the game at the highest level, giving his time and being out there, and now you've done this. So now, like Shady said, if Cam Newton says, man, I'm done, like the Cam Newton organization or whatever, I ain't having no more sevens teams, you hurt these kids. Nope. And I don't think they care. Crazy. I just don't think they care. No, 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 no. They don't care when it happens. You don't care now, though. Kids don't care now in the moment. No, the parents. I don't think it's, the it's, parents it's, care. That's where I'm at. But I don't think the parents what care. What I'm saying is, I said kids, but I mean the whole thing. Once it happens and he takes himself away from it, they're going to care then. Yeah. We, we sorry. No, nah, too late. Too late. Ricky Waters is from my hometown. Ricky Waters, running Ricky Waters, mm-hmm, right? Of course. And uh, everybody would complain, he don't do enough for the, the hood. He don't do enough for the community, right? Exactly. And, and as a kid, I'm like, man, he's right, right? He's right. He don't do nothing for the kids. So when I got older and I, and I met him, mm-hmm. and I said, hey, man, why, why you don't really, you know? He said, man, because I tried to. The, the, the parents, I'm they ran me out of it. I'm telling you. And guess who suffered? A kid yeah. like me who wanted to be a running back just like him. Yep. I'll suffer because the parents are acting a certain way. No he ain't want to be around it. No question. That's terrible. They should be ashamed of themselves. The crazy thing is, is the parents ain't going to change because, like I said, they think their kid going to the pros at seven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he ain't going nowhere but home and want McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, when we return, we got to transition to a little bit of hoops. Watching the Lakers yesterday, they're fighting for a playoff spot, but once again took an L to the Phoenix Suns. Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, amongst others. LeBron James was disgusted with the performance in his postgame comments. Anthony Davis did not do enough. It's time for us to weigh in. How much trouble are the Lakers in? It does not look good, family. That's next on Speak.
As we celebrate Black History Month, I'd like to highlight Ernie Barnes, artist, offensive lineman, and renaissance man. In 1959, Barnes graduated with an art degree and was drafted by the Baltimore Colts. From there, Barnes paints, draws, and plays offensive lineman for the Titans, Chargers, and Broncos, where his nickname is Big Rembrandt. Once retired, he was hired by the Jets just to paint. And by the end of the year, he launches his first exhibit in New York. His art career is prolific in production, underappreciated by the art elite, but widely seen as his work graces album covers, the credits of Good Times, prints, and Olympic posters. His most famous painting sold for $15 million, and you can see Barnes's work in galleries and museums across the country, including the Football Hall of Fame. Ernie Barnes, artist, athlete, and American icon. Well, the Lakers did not help their playoff chances with that loss to the Suns yesterday. They fought and fought and fought, but they lost. Turnover after turnover. Didn't get on the offensive boards. Kevin Durant did what Kevin Durant does. How about Yusuf Nurkic? Had himself a game. My goodness. And the Lakers, with a season-low eight free throw attempts, caught another L. James, I was yeah. watching the game, and I said, if I have to hear the phrase, they got to get Anthony Davis involved. If I got to hear that phrase one more time, I'm going to lose my mind. Anytime you turn on a Lakers game, you hear, they got to get Anthony Davis involved. They got to get Anthony Davis involved. We have to understand, this is the level of involvement Anthony Davis That's is going it. to give you. That's it. Stop wishing, hoping, and praying you're going to get a different Anthony Davis. You are not. The Lakers, to me, are in trouble because they always come to this basketball figurative war and they run out of bullets. Yeah. LeBron James does everything he can, especially in the second half. You can expect a flurry from LeBron James. It's usually not enough. D'Lo had 18 in the first half, if I'm not mistaken. Austin Reeves had a strong first half. But come the second half, you got to get more from Anthony Davis. You got to get more from Anthony Davis. It don't matter what announcer. It could be Doris Burke. It could be Richard Jefferson. You got to get more from Anthony Davis. You got to get more from Anthony Davis. They're not getting it. You're not going to get it. And they don't have enough firepower. The Lakers team I watched yesterday was the same Lakers team I watched last year, was the same Lakers team I watched in the bubble was the same Lakers team I watched get swept by the Denver Nuggets. They good enough to compete, good enough to make it look interesting, good enough to make it look close, but at the end of the day, they just not going to get the dub. Last thing I will say, and then James, it's all you, big dog. I equate it to when you raced your nephew, your niece, or maybe even your own kids. I don't know about you anymore, Jay, because I didn't see you on the treadmill very much lately, but go with me for a second. You race your kids, and they be running with you. But right before the finish line, maybe 10, 15, 20 yards or so, you say, you, say, you know what, I'm just going to kick. And they run out of gears. And you beat them. They thought they was going to beat you. Man, Dad, I almost had you. And in your head, you're like, son, I was going to beat you regardless. 100%. <laughs> the Lakers were playing the Suns yesterday, and the Lakers in their minds are probably like, man, we almost had them. Down by four in the fourth quarter. The Suns were going to win that basketball game regardless, just like the Nuggets did last year in the playoffs. James, how much trouble are the Lakers in? The Lakers are in big trouble, and they're in big trouble because they're in jeopardy of really making the play-in game. When I watch that game, I'm like, this is not a championship basketball team. Right? LeBron James is not out here just trying to, you know, get by and play a couple more years without winning some championships. This is not a championship basketball team. They have LeBron James, who exactly like you say, late in some of these games, he tries to make he a tries. push. He tries he to tries. take over these games. But Anthony Davis, to me, is one of the most inconsistent yes, superstars that we have in our game. And I was saying the same thing. Coach, maybe start the game off. Let Anthony Davis touch this thing five, six times in a row on the possession going down there. Get him involved in the game. But at the end of the day, this is not football. Thank you.
If you want to get involved, you can get involved in the basketball game. Go get, go get the basketball. Call for the basketball. You can get involved in the basketball game. But he's one of the most inconsistent superstars we have in our game. And they keep saying that because everybody knows if he does not play at a high level night in and night out, they're not even going to smell the championship. So that's why I think a lot of people say that. But the Lakers are in big trouble. This is not a championship basketball team. I think they are a piece away, a Trey Young, a Donovan Mitchell, whatever that may be, a piece away for really competing for a championship. The Lakers this season is in big trouble, in my opinion. I disagree with both of y'all. No trouble. No trouble. Mm. Last year, we said the same thing about Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. Same thing. They might need another piece, not another piece. We forget that they started in the plan last year. Yes, sir. They went to the Western Conference Finals. That, that's, a, that's a real thing. That means they're the second best team in the West. In the West. Sure. Right? And, and, and I do think this team is weird, right? The Lakers last year, they, they've been weird. Like, they play within the calendar, right? <laughs> I think in April they might turn on and we'll see another team. But the same thing they did last year, they're doing this year. Up and down, up and down, up and down. We need more for Andy Davis. He's inconsistent. He's inconsistent. But then I'll watch these same team, same issues, turn it on. And it's starting to play in and ended in the Western Conference Finals. You can so, see that happen? So when you say, I couldn't see it happen. I couldn't. Like, hold on, hold on. I couldn't see it happen last year. True. They proved me, prove me wrong. And then because they have talent. They have talent. They have experience. They've been there before. This team has won a championship. Sure. Anthony Davis and LeBron won yep. it together. And if they turn it on at, this, at the right time like they did last year, we're going to be saying, yo, back to the Western Conference Finals. Right. So I'll just say that. I mean, it is a weird situation. They kind of pick and choose when they want to play. I guess the calendar determines that. But I can't say, I can't write them off a panic yet. I, I've seen them before look down and they look good. They up and down. Yeah, I can't write them off either. I mean, you mentioned the bubble year. They won the championship that year. Wanna- Last year, they we all said it was over, said lots of crazy things about Anthony Davis, and they were in the Western Conference Finals. And I understand the Western Conference Finals was very quick. But they, but but they get there, though. They were there, Come and on. all these other Come teams on. with all this other talent in the West were not. Now, I'm not necessarily saying that's going to happen exactly the same this year, but they're dealing with a lot of injuries as well. They, they don't have any size that hurt them yesterday. Obviously, the Suns were able to, to get everyone else involved outside their stars, which they haven't been able to do. I mean, you, you've got Gabe Vincent out, Cam Reddish, Jared Vanderbilt, Christian Wood. They don't have the perimeter defenders. And then they can't shoot the three, so mm. they got to get to the Ooh. basket. they got to get to the free throw line. You can't get to the free throw line, you're going to lose. That's what happened yesterday. So I can't completely panic on the Lakers. I don't know that it's going to go exactly the same as it was last year and they end up in the Western Conference Finals. But I do agree that once they get healthy, they, they have enough to compete in the West, and I, I don't think that this is So the let's say they, they make the, right the, the play-in, right? And the number one seed is the Timberwolves, who's playing phenomenal. Yep. Ant-Man, I've been seeing was nice, right? Yeah. I don't even want to jump on that band because I've been inside was nice. But anyway, phenomenal year. They're the one seed. Let's say Lakers play them. I can see them beating – I can sure. see Lakers beating the, the Timberwolves sure. because I know what across – Anthony Towns was like in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not even I'm being serious, yeah, no, right? No. Um, um, what's the dude that got choked out on the big dude? Gobert. 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 Yeah, Gobert. I know what he looks like when he gets hot, right? Yep. So uh, we saying all this, right? But they get to that play, they're playing, and, and they and they win, and they got to play the Timberwolves. I can see the Lakers, LeBron James. I'm not. I'm not. Dis- but here's the thing. I'm not even disagreeing though. I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with Troy show, or, uh, or with you two five. I'm saying this. Y'all, y'all realize, I don't know if y'all are doing this intentionally, y'all have made the ceiling the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, yeah exactly. but I mean, that's, that's, uh, that's reasonable. But that's it's my... Because you, know, you know who's going to be in the Western Conference Finals? The Denver Nuggets. Correct. So that's, that's my dilemma is like, 
We, we've made the ceiling the Western Conference Finals. I think they can get to the Western Conference Finals. They were like, worried about it. Oh, so, so, so you do think they go to the Western Conference Finals? Of course. I think they can get lucky and stumble into the Western so Conference Finals. So why? First of all, you don't get oh, lucky. That's more than lucky. You got to troll through the back door. Here's why I say luck, because I think matchups matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think matchups matter a whole lot. You have to win four games in those series. No doubt about it. But I think A couple of times. I think if the Lakers played the Suns in the playoffs last year, yeah. I think matchups matter. But instead, the Nuggets saw the Suns. And so the Nuggets beat the Suns in six. Mm. Lakers yeah. lost to the Nuggets. I, I, I hear you, so but, but you, you also have to win four games in series. No doubt. It seems that have been played, either played well throughout the, the entirety right. of the season to be in that position and are all professional players. Agreed. I, I don't think you can luck your way to the Western Conference. And line. it's the top seed you got to play. I'm not disagreeing with any of that. I am saying I do believe that matchups matter. So where I'm saying with the Lakers is, can they get to the Western Conference Finals? Sure. Is that an accomplishment? Not for LeBron James, yeah. not for Anthony Davis, not for Darvin Ham, who's supposed to take over this team from Frank Vogel, who had won in 2020, not for the Lakers. So th- that to me is why th- I am worried. When you talk LeBron James, you talk championships. You're supposed to. LeBron and AD, you're supposed to talk championships. The point of this season was not to go to the Western Conference Finals. Okay. That's not LeBron James' championship anymore. We haven't moved the banner down for LeBron James to say, congrats, you went to the Western Conference Finals. So that's where I'm like, when we talk about the Lakers, no, they didn't have their full roster yesterday. But last I checked, Bradley Beal, I didn't see him out there hooping. Mm. I saw Royce O'Neal hit six threes. I saw Grayson Allen hit six threes. So even though the Lakers didn't have their full roster, the Suns ain't have theirs either. You, 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 yeah, I, you got a point. I, I just Coming from the play-in to the Western Conference Finals is not easy. It's not. And, I'm not, I, and I can't separate, and you are my boy, but I cannot sit, separate and let you just, I like, that's nothing. Well, what's it mean? If you're LeBron James, we're talking about LeBron. We're I mean, not but, talking but, about. But, 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 but I'm saying, if you, me. if you get there, you got a chance, a I, great chance. That's where I disagree. The place where I think I disagreed with, with you all last year was the Lakers did not have a chance in the Western Conference Finals last year. I would equate it to the same thing of racing your nephew, racing your niece, racing your little young ones. They didn't have a chance. Yeah. They, they, AD put up 30 and 10, they lost. LeBron put up 30 and a half. They lost. Lakers led by 15 and a half. They lost. Lakers came back from down 23 in game one. They lost. No matter how you yeah. decorated the game, if you, if the you, Lakers on, lost. If you, said, if, you beat the, if you beat the number one seed, you take the number one seed out. You tell me you can't see them beating the Western Conference Finals against the, the finals? I don't think them beating the Nuggets. You feel me? I like, know, but I don't see I, them beating the Nuggets. I don't see them beating the Nuggets. I, I would at least be able to believe in a world where Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, Bradley Beal, uh, Royce O'Neal off the bench, Grayson. Now, I could see a world if where we, that could happen. If we're talking right now, the way the Lakers are playing basketball right now, I don't see them beating none of these teams. And, yes, last year is last year. They made a run. They, absolutely, they made a run. Kudos to LeBron and the Lakers, and they, they made a run. They're not beating the Phoenix Suns in the series. They're not beating the OKC Thunder in the series. They're not beating the Denver Nuggets that's sitting at a three seed right now. I don't this the way they play in basketball right now, they don't they ain't be nothing. They might not beat the Warriors in a playing game right now to get up right, in there. Right now, this team is in trouble. Right, right now. now, but if they get <laughs> healthy and start playing with some momentum and 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 get into the same position or better. What happened? I said there's a lot of people not healthy though. I hear you. Okay. <laughs> but the way that this particular team is constructed, they need everybody. So, and that's the dilemma. I guess that's where I'm at is that's the dilemma. Like, I'm sorry. The Lakers don't have any margin for error. AD has to go for 40 and 10 every night. LeBron got to go that. for 25. True, he but he's not doing it. We treat AD like Nikola Jokic. We treat AD like Giannis. We treat AD like a consistent 30 and 12. In our minds, we do. Yeah. Otherwise, I would say, everybody, stop saying AD got to turn I it guess, off. I guess just my issue is 
You th- you think that if this if they make the Western Conference Finals again, that's a that's like a failure at this point. Or LeBron. Personally, I do. I, I just I can't how. Yeah, well, because I can't you, but you say how bad this team is, right? They can't be none of these teams. You're saying look awful. ADs this and that and third. They go from the play-in to the to Western Conference Finals. Anything can happen after that. Because it's, that, yeah, yeah, if if yes, you sir. get to if you go from the play-in to the Western Conference Finals, yeah. that means you beat the top teams all that was really playing great all year. Yeah. yeah. So how can you say that they beat the top teams all year? They, they can't win a Western Conference Finals. That don't make sense to me. Because, only because it's like this. Le- LeBron is here. Okay. It's the same thing how we talked about coming off of football season. We talked about the Chiefs. Chiefs were disappointing the majority of the season. But the Chiefs still ended up winning a Super Bowl. I personally, had the Chiefs lost in the divisional round, wouldn't have been like successful season. Yeah, but actually, they were 8-6. Even, 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 even if you go to the AFC champ, no, you're, the, you're Patty. You're LeBron, and LeBron yeah, is better than gonna, LeBron is LeBron. You're not going to win championships every single year, and 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 I hear the hello. I hear the comparison, but, like but Patrick, Patrick Mahomes is in his prime. He's not even thirty years old. I don't disagree. I'm just saying. they are in the middle of the dynasty. Like it would be like if the Nuggets don't win this year. Like yeah. okay, they gonna be back. But well, what's like, LeBron play for? I hear you, but we, we got to be realistic. My only issue is this. Like, it's so hard to get there. So if they get to the Western Conference Finals, why are you just canceling out that they can't win? That's my question. Because from what I saw last year, obviously you and I assessed that game differently. The Lakers weren't close. They weren't close. Like, watching, re-watching, however you want to. Nuggets had more size. Yeah. Nuggets had a better bench. Nuggets had more yeah, they were way they, better. Oh, no, 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 no. They but they, they weren't But my close. thing is, like, if, even if they were way better, that means the gap between the Lakers and everybody else is that much bigger, too. That's because I, if we want to match up, so I don't care. You don't care about matchups. No, I but, don't but the care first, because you played. The first two games, they could they could have won that first. You, you, if you remember the first, they could have won. Yes, but I don't care because you play series in basketball. If it's one game, okay, you didn't bring your best game today. You go home playing whatever. But you have to win four games multiple times. Right. And forget the playing situation as well. So to say like, oh well, if this team played this team, what? Go win the game. I just it's crazy to say. Ahead. It's crazy to say, but I think if LeBron James gets this type of basketball team to the Western Conference Finals, that's a success. Because I don't think it's a championship basketball team. Like, I'm not expecting the Lakers to win no championship. If LeBron can get them near to the Western Conference Finals again, which means he's really going to have to put this team on his back. Because like mm-hmm. we saying, Anthony Davis is here one game, he's not here one game. LeBron is super consistent. So if he can put this team on his back and get this team to the Western Conference Finals, I think that's a heck of a accomplishment. But the point I'm saying is, for them to go to the play-in to the Western Conference Finals, I think that's going to be hard as hell to do, right? Yes, yes, yes. So, if, yes. so my thing, if you would accomplish that, yeah. then why is it so hard to say that, yo, they might can win the, the Western Conference Finals? The gap, the gap. Like, to me, it's, it's like... A, it's a big gap a big to get from the play-in to the West Coast. <laughs> it Finals. is. But that, that, like, you remember, you played Mario, bruh. Beating Bowser. That last... <laughs> like, it was cool making it through all the... Beating Bowser wasn't no, wasn't no joke. And you laugh because you know what it is. I got a point. It was about five days. To <laughs> say, if, if, if you get there, though, you got a shot. Should we restarting the game over and over? <laughs> oh, family, when we return, oh, Caleb Williams, he is supposed to be the number one pick in the NFL draft. He's one of the best prospects we have ever seen. If you don't know about him, we'll talk about him. But get this. He's not throwing at the NFL Combine, a job interview in front of 32 billionaires, and he's opting out of doing the one thing he's paid to do. That's next. Don't speak. Shady, we saw you. <laughs> <Not for laughs> 
Well, it doesn't get much better in college football than Caleb Williams, one of the best prospects I have seen in my time watching college football over the last 15, 20 years. He is the number one overall pick by everybody's summation and estimation. But reports say he ain't going to throw or do other physical activity at the NFL scouting combine. Surprise, surprise. 32 billionaires. It is a job interview in front of the richest of the richest of the richest in the world. And Caleb Williams, James Jones, is saying, you know what? I'm not going to throw. I ain't got an issue with it. I think it's brilliant. I think it is absolutely brilliant. He has nothing to gain, and he has everything to lose. You're Caleb Williams. If you want to know how good I am, turn on the tape. And don't just turn on the tape from last year. Don't just turn on the tape from the year before. Turn on the tape from the year before. When I took over for the Heisman favorite Spencer Rattler, and I led Oklahoma to win after win after win after win. I took over versus the biggest rival we have in college football, the Texas Longhorns, came back from down 7, 14, 21, something like that, and completely dominated that football game. Caleb Williams has nothing to prove, nothing to gain, everything to lose. I love that he's not throwing at the combine. Y'all want to know how good I am? Turn on the tape. Texas is so weak. You think he has something to lose, though? (laughs) That was the most unnecessary (laughs) comment. They went to college football playoffs this year. Where was Pittsburgh? I didn't mean to say that, though. That just slipped out. It just had, like, Shady's still so mad because he didn't get off. He was daydreaming right now. He's still mad. Shady, Shady didn't, he didn't get off about this. Two schools. It was Texas, and I forget who else. Uh, Texas was on and Shady, Shady ain't get off about that. Uh, Every time in that hate seeps out his heart. Uh, it seeps out. I, I really slipped out. I was just... Uh, <laughs> go ahead, James. Oh, that boy's a fool. He's overhyped. Oh, um, you think he has something to lose? Like, for me, sometimes I want to see the competitive nature in these dudes. I'm going to go out here. They say these other quarterbacks are so-called like that, whatever it may be. I know I'm going to be the number one overall pick. I'm going to show them that I'm competitive and ain't none of y'all like me. Sometimes I want to see that, that, that competitive edge in these dudes. I feel like if he goes out there and misses every throw, you know where he's going, number one. Because <laughs> <laughs> when they turn the tape on and they see the way he played this year, last year, whatever the years, they're going to see he's a quarterback like that. So for me, sometimes I want to see these dudes be like, look, the best of the best going to the combine, I'm going to show them that I'm really like that. My arm talent like that. I'm like that in every aspect of the game. I want to see that. He's not the first person to ever say I'm not throwing at the combine. The Joe Burrows. The the, yes, all of them has, has, has not thrown at the combine. But I be wanting to see that competitive nature kick in sometime to let these boys know what that you I'm want, like what you that. want that. I'm with you on that. I just feel like at the Combine, they find reasons to pick you apart. Joe Burrow was for sure the number one overall pick. When the Combine, all of a sudden, Joe Burrow got small hands. A little hands. (laughs) (laughs) Now, all of a sudden, we're trying to figure out, should teams still take Joe Burrow because he has small hands? It was the dumbest thing in the world. Joy Taylor, you have an issue? Not at all. And actually, I think this is eventually going to not become a story that we even have to do anymore. Caleb Williams is not throwing or participating in on-field drills. Neither is Jaden Daniels. Bryce Young didn't last year. Joe Burrow didn't last year. Kyler Murray didn't last year, the year before that. So that's one, two, three uh, that did not participate in throwing drills or in no on-field drills. Before that, Sam Darnold, Andrew Luck, RG3, Matthew Stafford. You do what you want to do with the combine if you are a big-time quarterback talent, as you should. Turn the tape on. You can't figure out how good I am. You got all this tape. You got, you got all this practice. And he's going to throw in his pro day. Here, in U- here at USC, where he's comfortable in his environment with his, his guys. Receivers, yeah. So you can come out and take a look. Mm-hmm. Not that you are going to see anything new that you didn't right. see when you watched me on national television every week. So, no, I don't have any issue with it at all. I, I think that the combine for these guys is a, is a job interview. Uh, and, and for Caleb Williams, a formality because mm-hmm. he's obviously going number one overall. And, um, yeah, I don't have any, I don't have any issue with is it Is May throwing? 
No, not that I know of. We don't know yet. We do know Bo Nix is throwing, J.J. McCarthy is throwing, Michael Penix is throwing. Yeah. Still waiting to see about Jordan. All them guys that don't matter. Yeah. There's only one guy that matters in this draft. <laughs> Kelly Williams. Who oh. cares? I love it. I love, I love having that power. Right? You talk about these billionaires, all these 30 <laughs> Y'all want to see me. Is he going to throw? Is he not? Yeah, no, I'm not throwing. Y'all want to see me? Y'all come to USC yeah. and watch me play. I love that. You put all this hard work to get to this point, and now you control your own destiny. Mm-hmm. Going number one, I went to Pittsburgh University. Yeah. I had to go there and play. Yeah. You went to? Like yeah, 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 yeah. You definitely. <laughs> had to right? Texas, you had to. You know what I'm saying? But I just love when you control, and he's this young controlling everything. Even like saying something like, yo, whatever team I go to, I want to have control where I want to have some equity in the team. Mm. Right? I couldn't even fix my lips to say something like that. I'm happy to be drafted. <laughs> but he has that power, and we have that power. I love that control, so I love it. He's that good, and y'all already know about it. This is like going to a... Find out. Nah, I ain't, ain't going to use that. Nah, I ain't going to get that crazy. But I love what he's doing. <laughs> James, do you question it all? Because Caleb Williams, uh, the only question I think that will come up is leadership. Yeah. Leadership. Obviously, yeah. we know he transferred from Oklahoma, but he transferred from Oklahoma because his coach left. But then this season, after taking a loss, which quite literally... It meant he was not going to win the Heisman. Plus, they likely weren't going to the college football playoffs. Runs into the into the stands, gets into his mommy's arms. You know, he's crying and whatnot. Mommy, you out of post game. Post game, he goes to the stadium podium. Post game, he goes to the stadium. He says, "Look, I just want to go home, watch Netflix, and cuddle with my dogs." So I'm sure owners, general managers, yeah. are tough, tough. Yeah. You know, bite kneecaps type of coaches. They might take issue with this scene here. Might take issue with him not throwing. Do you take issue with it? Do you think that we, they will? Well, I, I mean, I think the best thing he can do is get up in these interviews and they're going to ask him all those questions. They're going to see the type of dude he is. Mm, but crazy. at the end of the day, I'm a big believer in don't overthink nothing. Right? Don't overthink nothing, right? You know, they always say football's a very easy game, right? Run, tackle, catch. <laughs> <laughs> it's very easy. So don't overthink nothing. The kid is special. Right. Do his interviews, figure out what you got. to, But don't overthink none. He could play the football game at a very, very high level. I'm not worried about none of that leadership stuff. Number one, just like all of us, he's going to walk in there as a rookie and you're not the leader of the team. anyway. That's right. Find your way. Do your job. Be able to make some plays and eventually your team will 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 come behind you. And at the end of the day, just go play. I'll just say this, man. Listen, I ain't a GM. Right. (laughs) I know a little something by something. (laughs) If you're smart, you would take Kelly Williams number one. He's uh-huh. that good. I don't care if he performs at the pro day. I don't care if it's the, the combine. What are we talking about here? Oh, don't need to do nothing. He's generational. Mm. Generational. No take pro him. day, nothing. Just... I mean, what are we? Is, is, are we even thinking about this? I watched guys like RG3 get drafted second pick. Mm-hmm. Right? I watched dudes like like the kid from uh, Texas A&M, Johnny John Football. Johnny they took him. I watched teams take Tim Tebow. I can do this forever. It's Trubisky. <laughs> don't overthink this, don't right? Overthink. He's not them, yeah. right? He's a, he's, a, he's a generational talent. Take this boy number one stop playing. He's that good. Because if you don't, your job <laughs> might be gone. Now, here's a dilemma. The team that has the number one overall pick, Shane, ah. mm-hmm. the Chicago Bears. Right. They have a first-round quarterback uh. in Justin Fields. On the other uh. side of this break, That's the Bears have a lot of decisions to make. Justin Fields, he chimed in. He said, I want to be in <laughs> Chicago. But he said, I can't wait for this to all be over. Should Fields stay in Chicago? But you heard Shady. You heard what Shady had to say on the other side of this break. We'll expand on it. That's next on Speed. You want to get fired? 
Family, we are in overtime, and this topic we got to do a little bit extra work on it because the Bears are as well. No, Justin no. Fields has some ups, he has some downs. The Bears passed on selecting Bryce Young number one overall year and kept Justin Fields. This year they're in the same dilemma. Caleb Williams, superstar coming out of SC. Fields said, though, in regards to all of the tension, he said, quote, if it's up to me, I would stay in Chicago. But then he added, it's a business. Shady, it's not up to Fields. It's up to the Bears GM. It's up to the Bears ownership. It's up to the Bears head coach and Eberflus. Should Fields, however, want to stay in Chicago? Oh, we changed the question. I couldn't wait to do what I do best. <laughs> Well, since you asked this, right, I think he should want to stay there. And what do you do best? Uh, <laughs> he should want to stay there just because of, like, like I've been in traded before um, for a guy that nobody really knew about. Did you know who that he guy was? Orlando. He's a linebacker. Did you ever know? You know who that? Did you know? I knew because Miami. But... Oh, I never really knew. I mean, I mean, he was a solid player in Miami. Solid. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> he should want to stay. I think, like, when you get drafted somewhere, it's, like, special to you. I'm sure you had a, some tears of joy with his family, right? Yeah. You, you moved there. It's a new city. Yeah. From Ohio State to Chicago. Beautiful city of Chicago, right? And you, you love it. You embrace it. And now to be asked to, to leave, that's hard to do, right? So if I'm him, I would love to stay there, right? You, you got your friends there, family there. You know, and he can still build his, his, his resume. I won't say legacy because he hasn't started that yet at all. But I would say this building his resume there in Chicago. So he should stay. He should want to stay. Yeah. He should want to stay. But. But he should want to stay. Because <laughs> they should want him to leave. George Taylor, should Fields want to stay in Chicago? Yeah, of course. Uh, I'm sure this is a really hard time for him. This is, this is the rough side of the business. Now, obviously, True. had they done some more winning, then we wouldn't be having this conversation. So some of these factors maybe could have been controlled. Now, some people would argue that some of that's on the Bears. I would argue some of that as well. Mm. But at the end of the day, this is where he was drafted. And, as I mentioned way earlier in the show, you can ask for more problems or new problems and get new problems that you don't like as much. Mm. For example, if he gets traded, he may not be the starter somewhere else. Mm. If he stays in Chicago, he will be the starter because he was the guy that they picked. If they trade him, he may go to a team that doesn't want him to be the starter or that he has to compete to be the starter. Or mm. if that he doesn't play well, he will be benched. So maybe you're getting a new environment, maybe you're getting a new opportunity, but it's not the same opportunity with the same types of chances that you'll have in Chicago. So, you know, everyone wants us the answer here. We want the answer. Chicago Bears fans want the answer. The rest of the media wants the answer. Justin Fields, his family, his the teammates. Everyone wants to know what's going to happen with this pick and what Chicago's going to do. I'm sure it's a very impatient time for him as the, as the person that is the center of this, and Caleb Williams for that matter. And we're all going to get the answer very soon as the <laughs> draft approaches. So I, I feel for him. I empathize for him. But, yeah, I think he should want to stay, of course. I think he has to want to stay. Chicago's who made him a first-round pick. Nobody else did. No doubt. Chicago has the longest leash for him. I think about in Philadelphia, Carson Wentz was the first-round pick. Not in Indianapolis. Mm. Not in Washington. Mm. In New York is where Sam Darnold was a first-round pick. Yep. Not in Carolina. In San Fran is where Trey Lance was the first-round pick. So he got opportunities. Now who's Trey Lance? Yeah. Trey Lance is some third-round backup for the Cowboys. Sam point. Darnold is on the roster somewhere in San Francisco. Carson Wentz is trying to get back into the league, out of league, in the league. He plays for the Rams. So stay with the team that mortgaged everything for you. Only the Bears gave up what they gave up for you. And by I mean gave up, they gave up a first-round pick for you, Justin Fields. It can't get any better than the team that decided that you were worth that. No, I'm with you. And you, you got an organization, you got a coach that believes in you. We don't know what they're going to do with the pick, but when I you do. hear Ibrafus talk, he talks very high of Justin Fields. They passed up 
the number one pick last mm -hmm. year because they took you in the first round and they believed in you. So I don't think there's any other place he should want to play right now because the way the organization and the head coach, especially under Coach Matt, has believed in him. And not only that, he played well the last six But days. every year they're threatening to break up with him, though. So how would y'all as players, players yeah. feel about that? Every that check, year. Just keep running me that no, check. But, but like, you can make that threat yo, every single year. Yeah. Just keep running me that check, and I'm at the top mistake. of the They can't list. make the same mistake again, man. Like, my, my, I remember I was in, what, like, fourth, fifth grade, and uh, I was doing something wrong or something, and he was like, y'all believe in God, the, 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 the pastor. Mm -hmm. He gave me a story like, listen, man, he gave me a story about, I don't know who the Bible guy was at the time. He was like, he trusted in God, and, and he was stuck on an island. And... Uh, a yacht came past. You want to go to right? He said, nah, good. God got me. A yacht came <laughs> past in the Bible? A, 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 boat, a boat came through. Yo, you want to? Nah, I'm good. What story is he talking about? Look, look, look. The dude on the island, he dies because he didn't have no full head, nothing. He's going to be like, yo, God, what happened? Oh, you you ain't protect me. You ain't protect me. He said, bruh, I sent you a yacht, a boat. A whale. So Chicago, you had the first round, the first pick last year. You said we good with Justin Fields. You kept going. He said the leper. He said the Ooh, prodigal son. More clarity. They doing it again. This was not a Bible story. This was a story that a pastor told in he church. Said the yeah, 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 yeah. The, the, the Ten clear. Commandments, the floating Ten oh. Commandments. Yo, so so Chicago Young was the boat. Now you got a yacht coming in. Yo, <laughs> yo, wins is what if you don't jump with this yacht from USC number thirteen. <laughs> Caleb oh, Williams. Who has two of every animal on the boat. Come on. Uh, oh, that, that's Noah's Ark. You're saying yeah. they're going to be scared. You know I know my Bible. You, you know I know my Bible. I know it's Ark. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and Moses freed. That, that, that's that's go the break. You want to go? You want to go? They're not ready. ready. I start doing my job. <laughs> Can I get an A? You need it. the Red Sea to get there? Holla. Let the church get say it. amen. Get us out. Get us out, please. I don't know where we got to go. <laughs> we returned. Oh, it is time it. to ban fans storming the court. Ooh. Family, a dupe superstar. Hurt. Let's wait for a storm the court. Oh, we're top down. Oh, we trying to push him. Hold up. Hurt. Hold on. Uh-oh. Is it time to stop all that madness? Coach is getting upset. I can't wait to talk about this one. That's next one. Oh, hurt for real. Look at Oh. Oh, it might be time. Family Duke center Kyle Popowski injured his knee when Wake Forest fans stormed the court. Now a little bit of controversy over how exactly the contact happened and who initiated what. But Duke's head coach, he said, quote, when are we going to ban court storming? Another player injured. Remember earlier on in the season, Caitlin Clark, thankfully she was okay, but she got into a little bit of an injury question when fans stormed the court after Iowa lost. Joy, is it time to ban court storming? I love it. Be real too, Joy. Oh, I hate court storming. It's so embarrassing. Act like you've been somewhere before. My God, have some pride. Oh, we won a game of storming the court. Is this your first game you ever won in your life? Honestly, how are you not embarrassed? Are you not embarrassed? Are you not embarrassed? Why are you storming the court? The point of storming the court is this is something that has never happened in the history of your entire school. It, could, it was impossible. You were 75-point underdogs. What a miracle. Like, what are we talking about? Everyone storms the court. It's so overdone. It is so tacky. I have hated it for years. And the reason I've hated it is because people have abused it. Mm, you true. should only be storming the court if this is something that our mere mortal brains could not imagine happening to you and your weak, tiny school. That is when you storm the court. What are you doing? What are you doing on this court? Why are you, why am I looking at you, fan, on this court with me? Why am I looking at you, person, on this field with me? <laughs> Y'all never won a game before in your lives? Like, it, that is my issue with it. People have overdone it. 
It is extremely corny to me. I get it. It's fun. It's fandom. There is no reason that you two should be on the field or on a court with the players. There shouldn't. It should not happen. And, and when it was happening, I used to love it because it was an incredible celebration with fans. And oh, yeah. you can't believe that this has happened. They won. What an incredible, incredible triumph. They're going to write songs about this. It's going to be, there's going to be poems written in the, in the history and etched into stone. Now you win a game, you storm the court. Yeah. It's lost all its meaning. So not only is it lost all its meaning, <laughs> players are, of course, going to get hurt. It's fans running on the field or the court. Of course they're going to get hurt. This, this is not, this, why is this surprising to anyone? Uh, I love it. I love it. I love it because it's unique to college football. And it's unique to college sports, college basketball, college football, college whatever. Like in the NFL, you don't get court storming. You don't get this. You don't get the fans, the elation. You don't get the fans and the player engagement in the NBA. You don't get that. You don't see court storming. Last time we saw it, players got suspended. Uh, whole palace thing. But in college basketball, in college football, you get court storming. Here's my thing. If you know they storm in the court, storm your butt to the locker room. Like, you know they running on the court. Get off the way. When I was looking at the tape, Joy, this dude, look at the, no, 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 hold on, Dave. Hold on, Dave. Look at the dude at the top. Dude at the top is like, "Uh uh-oh, I see trouble. I'm running off the court. Then look at Flapowski. He's like, you know what? Let me just sit here for, other dude is running. He gone. He's like, oh, here come the court storming. Let me get to the black. The other dude just sits there like like he Mufasa. They're coming. The court is being stormed. I love it because it's unique to college sports. In the NFL, in the NBA, everybody's all prim and proper. The announcers wear their leather no, jackets just with the patches. professionals who are worth millions and millions of dollars. It's and there's no money. reason that fans should be running over them because they won a game. Congrats, Wake Forest. You won a game. Like, <laughs> what uh, are we doing? He got to get us out, but I'm laughing because I'm more worried about the fan that he tripped, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> Easily could have got out the way. On the other side of the break, we're going to get James and Shady to weigh in on that one. James, that's a good point. That's oh a good point right there. Why are you on the court? That man was you wanted these problems. You intentionally pushed him. Court storming, James Jones, how do you feel about it, sir? I don't mind it at all. I don't mind it at all. Because you're an athlete, a really good athlete in college basketball. Like you said, get your butt out of the way. Because I feel in this video right here, my dog stuck his leg out. and like To be honest with you, we need to be checking on the dude that he tripped. Because it looked like my man just went for a tumble. But get look at this. Look at Oh! You know what I'm saying? Like, we need to be checking. Look at that. You're right. What about the man? You know, so, yeah, you got hurt, and I hope it's not that serious, but you sticking your leg out, you easily could have got out of the way right there, my dog. And that fan possibly could have a concussion. What's he supposed to do? Is he supposed to levitate? Shady, what's your thoughts? Yeah, this, part, this is part of college basketball. I love it. Right? Maybe they can wait a little bit a second to let the Look players get that. off. But now they got to storm the court because check it out. When you ask the fans, you got a big game against a big opponent, and you need all the fans to come out there, right? They do the little things of getting all white shirts, making it black, all that type of stuff. You want the fans to be there. So when y'all win, let the fans be there. But I am with Joy, too, though. Don't overdo it. Wait for us. If you beat Duke at home last year, if you beat the 30th ranked team, this is unserious. They beat Duke last year. But number eight, though, Joy, Duke is number eight. Wake Forest is unserious. Y'all don't know how to win. That's why we don't talk about Wake Forest. Y'all don't know how to win appropriately. I will not claim a school. We beat y'all at home last year. We storm in the court. If Texas, y'all know how to act nowhere. Texas beat Alabama this year. If they beat Alabama, no, we ain't storming. If y'all, 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 if